Happy holidays, everybody. What a wonderful football time of the year it is. And you've come to the right place as we get rolling with the first of what will be our three podcasts, Strong as Steel editions of this 2017 and on into early 2018 college football bowl season. I'm Michael Regeyer, producer Jim DeBosna, and uh, the man that is just back from a couple of, uh, well, for him it's always a hard work and effort-filled day in Bristol, Connecticut with his ESPN endeavors. We say hello to the author of Phil Steele's College Football Preview and uh, the best analyst in the business, Phil Steele. Phil, happy holidays. I know it's been busy for you coming out of Bristol. How you doing? Everything good? Yeah, doing great. Just there for the uh, the Talent Summit, which was uh, fantastic. I uh, got to learn a lot about the company, learn, meet a lot of uh, the folks from ESPN. So it was uh, definitely a lot of fun. And, of course, with the uh, the bowls upcoming, I will have a forecast on each and every bowl game on ESPN Insider. And while ESPN Insider is a pay site, I'll give you that, it's like three bucks a month, guys. I mean, you spend more than that on a, a beer at a ball game. Uh, three bucks a month for ESPN Insider. The entire, I'll have every bowl. There will be a forecast on every single bowl game, the entire postseason, and the NFL playoff selection or not playoff NFL selections on ESPN Insider over the last eleven weeks. Thirty wins, twelve losses, and one tie. That's over the last mm. uh, eleven weeks. Those are my ESPN Insider ATS selections. 30, 12, and 1, and on the season, including the first four, three weeks where it was only 4 and 5 those first four, three weeks, 34, 17, and 1, plus 17 games on the season. I know the NFL, or the college plays haven't been up to my standards, but at least the NFL, 17 games up above 500. And if you're not already an ESPN Insider member, I mean, you don't just get my stuff. You get all these great people that work for ESPN all their stuff in all the sports, every single sport, and there's more guys even doing college, more guys doing NFL, and every sport's covered. Go to ESPN Insider slash Phil Steele, or ESPN.com, excuse me, slash Phil Steele, and that will take you right to ESPN Insider. So that's ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. Go to ESPN.com. If you're not already Insider, it's only 3 bucks a month, and you get all these great write-ups all season long. So do make sure you check that out today. 
Oh, uh, yeah, Phil, sounds like you're sizzling hot. So let's continue this on into the bowl season, right, and take care of everybody that needs a knowledge about this 2017-18 bowl season that uh, begins on Saturday, December the 16th. And, and Phil, the, uh, philsteel.com, got the, uh, the bowl confidence game is ready to roll too, right? Opportunity to uh, test your skill against everybody. Does that, does that come out uh, on Friday the 15th? Will that be up and ready to go? Yeah, the Bowl Confidence Contest is available. You can join it right now, and that's actually on ESPN.com. In fact, I just tweeted it out, so you can go to my Twitter and get the direct link to the Phil Steele uh, Confidence Game. It's an ESPN Phil Steele game. And the great thing about the ESPN set, I've been using it for years, they update the standings, mm-hmm. Michael, like five minutes after the game is over. You can see what the new standings yeah. are. And if you're today's generations are all about instant gratification, well, there it is. You get your instant results five minutes after the game. It's a great <laughs> contest. It's run extremely well. Uh, so go go to ESPN.com, look up ESPN Phil Steele, or go to my Twitter right now. Right at the top of it says, uh, you know, join my bowl confidence contest. Compete against me. All bowl season long, you pick the teams 41 all the way down to one as to your confidence level on each game, and it's a lot of fun to play, and it's absolutely free. That's the main thing. And I tell you what, I think if you pick all 41 correctly, you get a million bucks. So what the heck, go go ahead and get an entry in there. But one of the games that is accounted for in that is the uh, the North Carolina A&T and Grambling State game, mm-hmm. and that's actually on ABC mm-hmm. on Saturday. So that's, uh, that? that's prime time. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a nice game to start out with, and it's a it's a good game. You know why? North Carolina A and T is undefeated this year. Undefeated, they even beat Charlotte thirty five thirty one. They have been beating their opponents this year by an average of thirty six to twelve, uh, outgaining them by one hundred sixty two yards per game. And how about this Grambling team? I mean, Broderick Fobb's doing a great job, head coach at Grambling. Last year, they had just one loss all year. It was to Arizona. They won this bowl game last year over NC Central 10-9. to It was a cliffhanger most of the game. Now they're playing North Carolina A&T, and their lone loss this year came in the opener against Tulane. Other than that, they've won every single game. So these two teams combined have lost one game this year. Uh, offensively, I give an edge to North Carolina A&T. They're averaging 429 yards per game to 374. Defensively, North Carolina A&T's got the edge. That's why North Carolina A&T is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in Vegas. But uh, I think it would be a great game, come right down to the wire. Uh, but yeah. I would probably lean with North Carolina A&T right now. They, they have looked unbeatable this year and uh, are playing great, but uh, I think Grambling's going to give them everything they want. Should be a fun game to get your bowl confidence contest started out on. Looking forward to it. A lot of energy involved in this one. And uh, I've called the North Carolina A&T uh, twice on ESPN in the 2016 season, Phil. And, you know, ha- head coach uh, Rod Broadway, he sent Tariq Cohen, that outstanding running back. All of you NFL fans know how good Cohen's been as a rook for the Chicago Bears this year. Well, that's who he played for uh, in college and last yeah, year. Might, yeah, I think he's going to get some rookie of the year consideration. And him and uh, quarterback uh, Lamar Renard, uh, huge numbers this year. Phil, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a terrific way to start off the bowl season on Saturday the 16th. Yeah, and like I said, and last year's game uh, came down to a 10-9, to 9, and it was a, a tight one. I yep. think this could be a tight one again, but uh, uh, and you would know. I mean, Mr. Uh, I mean, if you call two North Carolina A&T games, did you get to call any Grambling games? 
No, no Grambling uh, in the last couple of years. I haven't called Grambling since 2013, so uh, I haven't been as connected there. But uh, I can speak to uh, Rod Broadway, the head football coach. He's got listen. I'm to every time I'm there calling a game. There's seven, eight, ten NFL personnel people from the various organizations there checking it out. He has NFL talent on his football team, and I think you'll see that expressed in this matchup with Grambling. Nice. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and that's the first one out of the shoot, and uh, we're going to continue on here. This, these games are on December the 16th, so that uh, are the, the first ones that show up of uh, the uh, 40 total that will be played, and then 41 with the national championship game as well. Phil, let's go to uh, New Orleans, man, one of our favorite cities, the RNL Carriers Bowl uh, from the Sun Belt. Uh, those Troy Trojans at 10-2 uh, and two on the year against the Mean Green of North Texas from Conference USA. Mean Green, Phil, were on a roll. They'd won five in a row, eight of the last nine, but then they got ambushed, of course, by Lane Kiffin in Florida Atlantic in the Conference USA championship game. Now they put up 36 points a game. They got a strong O. Phil, I really like quarterback Mason Fine, 30-plus nine times a year. We know about Troy as well, 10-1, and 7-2 in the Sun Belt, six consecutive wins. We, Phil, Bill and I talk all the time about head coach Neil Brown. What a tremendous job he's done in year three. Uh, SBC coach of the year last year. Won the bowl game. Phil, remember the win over Ohio? I thought it was the best group of five bowl last year. Tell us more about Troy and North Texas in the New Orleans Bowl. Well, you know, one thing about Troy, their final game of the season against Arkansas State, they were actually dominated. I mean, they were out first down 32-14. to 14. They were out gained 606 to 293. Somehow, someway, they came away with a 32-25 win, plus two in turnovers, a couple big special teams plays. But other than that, I thought they had played great all year. Uh, and you look at the, you know, as you touched on quarterback-wise, they're pretty close, although Brandon Silver's in that quite the type of year he's used to having. He's normally thrown for over 20 touchdowns. This year he only has 13. Running back, I'm going to give the edge to Troy. Jordan Chun is a guy to watch, averaging five yards per carry. And I like what Josh Anderson did this year as well. Receiving core, slight edge there goes to North Texas. And you look at Jalen Guyton, their top receiver. He is a Notre Dame transfer, PS number 39. So that's why they were the edge there. But defensively, if you're looking for the best group on the field in this game, to me it's Troy's defensive line. As you remember from that bowl game against Ohio last year, Michael, that defensive line was dominant at times. And this year they've given up just three yards per carry and got 36 sacks. That's to me, is the best group on the field. I also give Troy the edge at linebacker and at defensive back, where they're higher in my past D ratings. Neil Brown, I've been talking to since his days as a coordinator at Kentucky, and uh, I think he's he's one of the up-and-coming stars in college football. It won't be long till he grabs himself a Power 5 job. Now, the last time Troy traveled to Louisiana, they beat LSU. That's a nice little advantage to have. Uh, and Troy, North Texas does have an edge in special teams. They have my number seven special teams versus the number 60 and they took on a little bit tougher schedule this year. They faced eight bowl teams. Troy faced three. To me, the bottom line is, when you look at North Texas, they've got four blowout losses this year, losses by 17 or more. Most of their wins were close. Troy, on the other hand, only has a couple of losses on the season, and, and both of those were actually pretty close. So I think Troy is probably the better team in this one, and uh, I like the defensive line advantage. So I'm going to go with Troy to come out of this. Now, they're, they're about a six-and-a-half, seven-point favorite. It seems pretty legitimate at this point. Uh, so I, I like Troy to win the game. 
Yeah, and I like how you point out, Phil, too. A lot of times you hear Phil and, uh, and I say here on the show about, you know, sometimes it just comes down to who's got the better talent. I agree with Phil on that. It looks like uh, Troy does. But, uh, again, a, a very capable North Texas team. So we'll have an eye on the R&L Carriers Bowl. Strong as steel, this is our first of three bowl podcasts for you. We know that you need to be locked in, and that's why Phil Steele is uh, the guy to go to. Make sure you're all involved with Inside the Press Box and ESPN Insider with, uh, with Phil's breakdowns as well. And we'll tell you more about that, as we just did at the top of the show in just a couple of minutes. Phil, let's head to Orlando, Florida, my man, as we got to uh, we got to speak to this Auto Nation Cure Bowl now. And, again, we stay in Conference USA, Western Kentucky, got bowl eligible at 6-6, six and six, Georgia State out of the Sun Belt uh, at 6-5 at and five on the year. Let's look at head coach Mike Sanford's squad. You know, Phil, I looked at that, and I, I, I had this one taped, and uh, they're up 17-13. to 13. They've got a lead in the second half of their finale, and then they saw, well, FIU rip off 28 unanswered points. Uh, they were 5-2, and two, so they dropped five of their last six. But, uh, you know, a, a solid football team. Now we're talking about the second bowl berth in the last three years for Georgia State. Five wins on the road, Phil. That caught my eye right away. Five of their wins are on the road this year. So head coach uh, Sean Elliott in his uh, first year at the Elmy, he, he had his boys understanding what it would take to rally up and win on the road. These two teams met in 2013. Last time, Western Kentucky, 44-28 win over Georgia State at the Georgia Dome. Phil, let's get into this a little bit more. What do you see with the uh, the talent bases of these two teams? Well, you know, the first thing that jumped out at me, Michael, and when I'm looking at it, I always look at the games and break them down on Phil Steele Plus. I put the two teams up side by side against each other. It gives you a complete breakdown of every game. You get the green, you get the red. Red, of course, is bad. Green, good. And you could tell a lot about a team just looking at the Phil Steele Plus. By the way, if you want to pick up Phil Steele Plus throughout the bowls and all the way through the Super Bowl, just 29 bucks. Go to PhilSteele.com, mm. and you'll find out how to sign up for Phil Steele Plus. And uh, you get access to all the same stuff I look at when I'm breaking down a game, and you get it for 29 bucks. I've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to set up this stuff over the years, and you get it uh, for just 29 bucks all the way through the Super Bowl. But let's talk about this game. And the thing that jumped out at me when I was starting to break it down, what, uh, Georgia State's wins came over teams that are a grand total of 16 and 56. <laughs> and Western Kentucky's wins mm. came over teams that were 18 and 53. So neither one has really beaten a good team all year, and that's one thing I look at. And then the second thing I'm going to look at, though, is that you look at Georgia State's losses on the season. They've been by 7, 56, 24, 21, 14. You look at Western Kentucky's losses, I mean, the FAU game, they were leading in the fourth quarter and lost. Louisiana Tech, they gave up a late lead and lost. Marshall, they uh, were competitive. FIU, as you touched on, they had the lead. So they had blown a lot of leads. They've been much more competitive in their losses. Now, when Sanford took over, I think he changed the offense a little bit because Mike White was not Mike White. I mean, last year, Mike White in the Jeff Brom offense was hitting uh, 67%, 37 touchdowns, seven interceptions. They were high-flying, explosive, 523 yards per game, 46 points per game. And with basically the same unit back this year, they only averaged uh, 400 yards yards per game, 26 points per game, big drop-off, but it improved as the season went on. They got off to a pretty slow start, and then we saw Mike White get a lot better. In fact, Mike White, since week four, 
has a 23 to 4 ratio. He had opened up the year with a 1 3 ratio. So that's a big plus there for Western Kentucky. I like the receiving core with uh, Nicarius Fant, Lucky Jackson. Uh, an edge on the offensive line does go to Georgia State. And my main concern when I'm looking at this game for Western Kentucky, 42 sacks given up by that offensive line, 2.1 yards per carry. Weak offensive line for Western Kentucky. Georgia State, meanwhile, only 3.2 yards per carry, but only 23 sacks allowed. Of course, they've played a little weaker competition uh, Georgia State has in there. Special teams edge goes to Western Kentucky. Uh, linebacker edge, Western Kentucky. DBs, Western Kentucky. So when I break it down, Western Kentucky's a better team. I think they played better in the games. And uh, I like Western Kentucky to come out on top of Georgia State in this one. Uh, even, even with Connor Manning chucking it around for Georgia State, as he has all season long, He's thrown for almost 3,000 yards with the 13-7 ratio. Yeah, that is the uh, the one that's played in Orlando, the uh, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl, and of course uh, these these games, these first six, all kick off the bowl season on Saturday, December sixteenth, and we're we're taking them chronologically. Today on the show, we're going to go through the first week, thirteen football games uh, from the sixteenth right through Saturday, December twenty third. Then uh, next week's show, we'll pick it up from uh, Sunday the twenty fourth, Christmas Eve through the games of Friday the 29th, and then we'll do a final bowl show. Uh, that'll be uh, yeah, that week of uh, uh, the week between Christmas and uh, New Year's. And those games, uh, Saturday, uh, December 30th, right through the college football playoff semis and the New Year's 6, and we'll have you right up to speed. As we move on on Saturday's games, December the 16th, Phil Steele, this is the one that that I think uh, that I'm really going to lock in on. I am really intrigued and excited about this matchup in the Las Vegas Bowl, the number 25 Boise State, ten and three football team against the Oregon Ducks. I think there's a lot of intrigue, Phil. Here we know Boise um, two two start right two and two, and then they ripped off eight of their last nine. They had the back to back games against Fresno State, that last one of the regular season uh, on the road, lose that, and then won the rematch at home, 17-14. We talked about that those two weeks with those two a lot on the show. 16th consecutive bowl appearance for Boise State. Uh, That's tied with Wisconsin as the current longest run of consecutive bowl appearances in the nation. Now, fill this Oregon program, as we know, uh, very intriguing. Mario Cristobal elevated to head coach as Willie Taggart left for Florida State uh, just uh, last week. Um, as uh, bowl preparations begin. So um, they get bowl eligible, does Oregon, right? They uh, they won their last two football games, uh, uh, averaging 48 points a game. They, they drilled Arizona, and then they just blasted in-state rival Oregon State 69-10. to 10. I really like Justin Herbert, their starter, Phil. I, I think he went 6-1, and one, I believe, in his seven starts, and he averaged over 50 points a game in those seven starts, and 15 points a game when the Ducks didn't start Justin Herbert. Uh, okay, I've, I've told you about Are you as excited about this one as, as I am, Phil? Boise State and Oregon, I think it's got a chance to be a, a classic here in the, the first day of bowl season. Yeah, it should definitely be a great game. And uh, as you touched on, Boise is red hot. Um, 
probably shouldn't have hosted the MAC title or the Mountain West title game, but they did, and they ended up coming out with a win. But their defense played great down the stretch. Brett Ripien got off to a slow start this year, and then came on. Alex Madison ended up topping a thousand yards, and they got Cedric Wilson a receiver with over a thousand yards. Defense is always solid when you talk about Boise. Allowed just 337 yards per game this year, and uh, outgained their opponents by 64 yards per game. To me, the key stat is the one you threw out there, Michael, and that is when Justin Herbert starts and plays the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team has averaged 52.1 points per game, 52. And when he does not play, 15. I've never seen that big of a difference when a quarterback is out. That's a 37-point difference whenever the quarterback is in or out, and Justin Herbert is in for this one. And Royce Freeman playing his last game in college. Seems like he's been there forever, but what a great season he had. 1,475 yards rushing, 6.0 yards per carry. Now that Herbert's back, I think the offense is operating well. And my ratings actually say the better defense belongs to Oregon. They took on the tougher competition this year. And uh, I rate my defense, their defense number 29. I give them the edge, the slight edge of defensive line where they get a few more sacks, uh, linebacker and DB, although Boise's got a pretty good defense. They're, they're close. They give a slight edge to Oregon. Offensive line, give it to Oregon. Running back, even with Alex Madison there for Boise, I've got to give it to Royce Freeman and company. I mean, you got Kanye Bonnier, uh, Tony Brooks, James and company at, run, at the uh, running back spot, and then a healthy Justin Herbert. I think the, the matchup sets up pretty well. Special teams is in the edge of Boise. Boise always plays well as an underdog, uh, but uh, I think Oregon is the better team. And with Herbert, I'm going to go with the Ducks and with Herbert as long as he's the starting quarterback. I like their chances here. They've only lost once with him as a starter this year. And I think the uh, as opposed to most interim head coaches when they're taking over a team, mm-hmm. the fact that Cristobal is taking over the team means that this team can't say, oh, well, it's just an interim head coach. We'll wait till the new guy gets here. This is your first game of next season for Coach Mario Cristobal. And Cristobal, I thought, did a fantastic job at FIU. He had one bad season. They shockingly let him go after that bad season, but he took FAU from the bottom and took him up to a bowl team, a couple of bowls, I believe, and uh, he was surprisingly let go. So I, I like Mario Cristobal. I think he'll, he'll do a good job taking over. It should be a pretty seamless transition. I think he's fantastic as well, Phil, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about him. And so we'll we'll see how Coach Taggart fares at Florida State. He's heading back to uh, you know the state of Florida, where he should be a recruiting dynamo in a tough environment there. And we'll keep tabs on Mario Cristobal, not only in in this one, but uh, going forward as well. And you should really keep close tabs on the Vegas Bowl. It's uh, Phil and I. I it's not going to disappoint you. I think we can guarantee you that it's going to be one that uh, you're going to be on the edge of your seats with. We continue on here on a Strong as Steel. Our producer, Jim DeBosna, laid out the show for us beautifully throughout the bowl season. We're starting with all the uh, the 13 matchups that begin on Saturday, December 16th, right through uh, the first week of bowl season through Saturday, December 23rd. All right, let's uh, swing down to uh, New Mexico, where the Gildan New Mexico Bowl takes place. And it matches up Conference USA, the thundering herd, Doc Holliday, and his Marshall football team, of course, against uh, Colorado State. Now, we start with the uh with the thundering herd and they need a strong performance uh, here as uh, you know, Phil, they, they were sitting six and one and uh, we were remarking how well they got out of the gate. Then they dropped uh, for their last five. Now a, a total of 19 points. I'm going to add though, in those four losses. So they were in all of them. And doc holiday is hoping is, uh, 
is uh, junior quarterback uh, Chase Litton. Can ignite this herd offense? Litton sits top five in virtually every program category. And we take a look at Colorado State, Phil, up and down year, right? I mean, they went four in a row after a 2-2 start. Then they dropped three of their last four. Mike Bobo had done a solid job there. Now he's only head coach in Colorado State program history to lead the Rams to a bowl in his first three years on the job. So we've got him back bowl eligible again. Phil, how do you see, I mean, is there any special intrigue in this Marshall-Colorado State matchup that, uh, that we ought to be honed in on? Well, this is offense versus defense. I think Colorado State definitely rates the edge on offense. Marshall rates the edge on defense. And if you were to talk to me towards the end of October, I mean, Colorado State was the clear favorite to win the Mountain West. You look at their two losses they had. One was to Colorado, a game they outgained and outyarded, or I mean, out first down Colorado, but uh, lost to numerous offensive pass interference calls. Their other one was to Alabama, and they only lost that game by 18 and actually had the second most yards against Alabama all season long. They were blowing out their Mountain West foes and came into November in a great state of mind at 6-2 and two with those two losses that I mentioned. And uh, then Air Force happened. They lost to Air Force, then they blew a lead against Wyoming. And the Boise State game was one Colorado State should have won. I mean, you're looking at the game. If you're watching the game, uh, the score is big time Colorado State. They're up 52 to 38. And there's only two minutes to go in the game. Boise amazingly scores two touchdowns to force overtime and wins it in OT. It was one where you would have thought Colorado State had the game wrapped up and sealed. So they're actually better than their final record would indicate. And one of the best teams in the Mountain West. And really should have knocked off Boise in that game and then blew out San Jose State to close the season. Now, Marshall... They were coming along. They were one of our most improved teams in the country, 6-1, and one, and then four disappointing losses down the stretch. The FIU game, they had the yardage judge. The FAU game, they had the yardage judge, but lost by five. And that's a pretty powerful FAU team. UTSA, uh, they just got beat. And that was a game where I'm sort of scratching my head a little bit, and Southern Miss at home to end the season, they end up with a one-point loss. I think Marshall does rate the edge defensively on the defensive line, linebacker DB. Colorado State rates the edge on all four offensive positions. Coach, here's something I want to point out. Doc Holliday, 4-0 in bowl games. Mike Bobo, 0-2 in bowl games. Got to give a slight edge there to Doc Holliday and company. I think the site favors Colorado State. You got the altitude. Uh, they played a game here, so that's a nice advantage to have. And then you look at the special teams. Slight edge goes to Marshall, and the schedule. Slight edge goes to Marshall. So this, I think, this could be a highly competitive game. Do you like offense? Go with Colorado State. You like defense? Go with Marshall. Uh, and I look at the the number in this one. Uh, Colorado State's about a five and a half point favorite in the game. I would have to probably take the points in this one because to me it's a it's a toss up as to who wins the game. But I think taking the underdog, you'd be in pretty good shape. It should be a, a pretty uh, interesting bowl game. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot to offer. I, I completely agree there. And word is, you know, uh, urban legend has it that uh, talking about we mentioned uh, Chase Litton that Randy Moss, the uh, the most gifted and the most prolific receiver in Marshall Thundering Herd history, is going to be on the sidelines in uh, that New Mexico Bowl. Maybe that'll spur on uh, even more Doc Holliday's football team to have a big offensive day with Randy Moss around. So we will look for that.
make sure as you're going through the uh, the first wave of bowl games with us again that you you understand that you can get inside the press box you can get ESPN insider to get Phil's uh, complete analysis and breakdown of all these don't forget about the uh, the bowl confidence game that we've got going on Phil has tweeted out about that at uh, Phil Steel 042 already so you can uh, you you can't miss it and as Phil said, you got a chance to uh, to pocket some uh, some big time cash if you can pick all of them correctly as well. So as we continue on here in our first bowl edition of Strong as Steals, we'll take a look at all 40 matchups throughout the season. Let's uh, go to Montgomery, Alabama. This one also on Saturday, December the 16th, the uh, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, and uh, from Conference USA, Middle Tennessee at six and six course, against uh, the gang, the, the Arkansas State the Seawolves, a, a strong football team. The Blue Raiders, uh, the Blue Raiders uh, needed a, a win uh, over Old Dominion in that season finale to get themselves uh, where they are bowl eligible. They got it done with a 41 to 10 triumph. Their quarterback, Phil Brett Stockstill, has lit it up in his last two bowl games. I went back and took a look at because I like Stockstill a lot, and I went back to and how's he fared in the bowl games? Well, how's this sound? Close to 800 yards passing and seven touchdowns. All right, and uh, so that's uh, he likes to make it happen and light the board up in bowl games. Now he faces this Arkansas State Red Wolves defense that uh, that Phil. I'm going to ask you: Can they be formidable enough? Have they been formidable enough? Maybe this year to put uh, a little bit of a dent in what Stockstill and Middle Tennessee is looking to do offensively. Yeah, and I think for the most part this year, they play great defense. A lot of games, in fact, uh, if you look at their last six games of the year, they held their opponent to 293 yards or less four of the six times. Uh, so they, they got better as the season went on defensively. They've got some players in this game that you need to watch. Javon Roland-Jones, D-liner, a couple of key players on defense line. D-liner was one of the top-rated defensive linemen out of high school, signed at Alabama. And he's over here at Arkansas State. So I love their defensive line. Watch Arkansas State's D-line. Also, they're number 31 in the country in pass defense. And when you're watching them on offense, a fun thing to me, you got Warren Wand. Now, this guy, he's listed at 5'5". That's probably generous. I mean, he's a, a short little doobie. He's tough. He's rugged. He's a, he's like a, a, a pound of muscle. I mean, 5.4 yards per carry. And here's the advantage they have. You know, last year they didn't run the ball very well and uh, they lost all their offensive linemen. But when I was uh, talking to Coach Anderson this year, he felt they were better athletically and they're bigger up front. And so you got that big offensive line and you got Warren Wan sort of hiding behind. It's tough for the defensive lineman to find out where the heck he is. That's a fun part to look at. And then another guy I want to point out here, Justice Hansen, the quarterback for Arkansas State. Now, he's a guy that is an Oklahoma transfer. And when he was at Oklahoma, I remember coming after the spring practice came out, and I was talking to Coach Stoops, and we were going over the quarterbacks. He said Justice Hansen was legitimately in the mix for the starting job out of the spring. That tells you a little bit about him. How's he done in the Sun Belt? Eh, 64%, 3,600 yards, 34-15 ratio. I'd say pretty good. So he's, they've got the weapons on offense. They've got the solid defense. I feel Arkansas State probably the best team in the Sun Belt this year. They just didn't get to the title because of that Troy game where they had a 606 to 293 yard edge, 32 to 14 first down edge, and somehow lost. 
Now, the key to Middle Tennessee is Brent Stockstill, the guy you touched on. Brent actually missed six games this year, and they struggled a little bit without Brent. In fact, his first game back against UTEP, he had just 13 to 30, but rounded into form. Last two games of the year, as you touched on, 48 to 76. And he, you talked about his bowl, uh, how he's done in bowls. That is a, a good thing to look at. Also, linebacker-wise, I give the edge to Middle Tennessee. So they've got the edge of the linebacker. they got the edge of Stockstill. Uh, or a quarterback, they're close, but Stockstill being back is huge for them. Uh, special teams are actually even. Schedule came out pretty even between the two. Uh, and if you look at the site, uh, probably about the same there as well. Stockstill just 1-5 in, in bowl games. Blake Anderson, one and two. So you add it all up, Arkansas State's a small favorite for the game. I'm bullish on the, the Red Wolves this year. I think they have a lot of talent. Looking forward to watching that defensive line. And uh, I'm, I'm going to lean with Arkansas State in this one at home over Middle Tennessee. Yeah, They're not well, at home, listen, but I, over I, I Middle Tennessee. Right. Yeah, right. And I, I certainly understand this, uh, again, because we went through uh, how defensively formidable they are. And uh, Stockstill, though, I, 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 this, this kid, he's going to garner some, uh, some NFL attention. And we'll see if he can continue to impress the NFL personnel people in uh, this one as uh, they, uh, they tangle, as we said, with um, – uh, Western Kentucky, uh, excuse me, uh, Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State. Uh, that's the six that take place uh, the first out of the shoot on Saturday, December 16th. Great to have you along. We're delighted you're uh, spending the beginning of the bowl season with us here on Strong as Steel. We know that uh, we've gained your confidence as uh, the place to be. You've done been with us each and every week here during the season, starting with our preview shows. And, of course, again, Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can get every episode that you like. If there's one you missed, you can get it leading up into uh, what we're doing for you here during the bowl season. Those are the six games that take place on Saturday, uh, December the 16th. Uh, after that, game number seven of the bowl season is in Boca Raton, Florida. It is the Cherry Boca Raton Bowl, and it features uh, the Mac against Conference USA, the Akron Zips at seven up and six down against uh huh, Lane Kiffin and his very talented football team from Florida Atlantic, ten and three on the year, eight and zero oh in Conference USA. Phil, let's start with Lane's Kiffin squad. They're one and three, right? They're one up and three down after that thirty-four thirty-one loss at Buffalo in week four of the season. Then they rip off nine wins in a row. 41-17 thrashing of North Texas in that Conference USA title game. Uh, Devin Motor Singletary. I like that nickname, right? Motor, that sophomore running back. What an amazing year he had for Lane Kiffin. Over 1,600 yards, 26 rushing touchdowns, Phil, and averaged 6.6 yards per tote of the football. Now, under Chuck Amato, that's the Akron defensive coordinator, the former uh, Bobby Bowden disciple and head coach at North Carolina State. They're going to need to be up to this task, though. Um, you know, they finished the, uh, in the, uh, the top half of seven different MAC defensive categories as a team. Um, so, you know, they're first and third down conversions rate allowed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're probably going to play both quarterbacks, Phil, both the, the young uh, redshirt freshman, Cato Nelson, who looked good down the stretch, and the veteran Thomas Woodson. 
Uh, how do you see Akron's after getting thrashed by Toledo in that MAC championship game? Can Terry Bowden and Chuck Amato find a way to keep Lane Kiffin's high-powered football team in check? This is a tough task, is it not? It sure is, uh, Michael. And there's a reason Florida Atlantic is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. And I imagine they're among most everybody's top bowl confidence pick, as well as they should be. I mean, you look at these teams on paper. Uh, Florida Atlantic's got the advantage of quarterback, running back, offensive line, defensive line, defensive back. The site favors them. Heck, it's a home game for crying out loud. Special teams, how about this advantage? Number 13 for FAU, number 129 for Akron. That doesn't bode very well. How about the sacks? Akron this year, uh, if you look at them, they've allowed 33 sacks. They only have 21. Florida Atlantic's only allowed 15 sacks. They've generated 33. I, I can't really make a case for Akron in any area of this game, except for the fact they're a 22-and-a-half-point dog. And what I found is that the bigger bulldogs, bold underdogs, uh, spend the, the weeks leading up to the bowl game hearing how they have no chance. And I, I'm sure if you're Tommy or uh, Terry Bowden and you're, you're talking to your team, you've got this plastered all over the place. Look, everybody's got their bowl confidence. Top pick is Florida Atlantic. Uh, we're a 22-and-a-half-point underdog. We have no chance. They need to show the same stuff they did against Toledo. Now, remember the Toledo game at the end. They were down 38-14. to 14. They were 45-14, to 14, I should say. They actually scored two touchdowns late, including one with 20 seconds left, to only lose the game by 17 points. Was that key? Yeah, it was key for some people, that's for sure, because it was less than the, uh, the spread was. And uh, sometimes in a bowl game when a team gets up, they start celebrating a little bit on the sidelines and, you know, and relax a little bit. And that's why I've seen that the large bowl underdogs usually do pretty well. So I like Akron as a large bowl underdog, but I can't pick Florida Atlantic not to win this game. Singletary is worth the price of admission. Uh, that guy is one of the more underrated running backs in the country. They've got a pretty good defense this year. And uh, so I've got the FAU winning the game, but I'm going to go with the large underdog here. Take those big points in a bowl game because uh, it's proven fruitful many times throughout the, the uh, past. Indeed. Tough task, though. Very tough task for Chuck Amato. And if there's any veteran defensive coordinator up to it, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll say Chuck Amato is among that group. But we'll see how he hands, handles uh, motor single Are you picking Akron in, in your bowl confidence contest? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No, I'm not. I'm okay. not going there. I said, right, right. We we won't give away too much there in our bulk, but but no, I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride with Lane Kiffin, Phil, and his group in that one. Yeah, uh, that's on December the 19th. Let's uh, let's roll on here on our first bowl edition of this uh, big big year of postseason play here on Strongest Steel. We'll go down to Frisco, Texas. This is the DXL Frisco Bowl on December the 20th. It features uh, Louisiana Tech, six and six, from uh, Conference USA, and and smooth, as Phil likes to call them. Phil calls them smooth, the Mustangs of Southern Methodist at seven and five. Now, we've got a little bit of uh, coaching, uh, certainly excitement in this one. Skip Holtz wrapping up the year number five with bowl eligibility. He won his final two Conference USA games of the season. But, uh, Phil, they're going to need to control SMU's quarterback. We both love him, Ben Hicks, and new head football coach Sonny Dykes. 
Uh, the former head coach, of course. He was a former head coach at the Louisiana Tech himself, the son of the late Spike Dykes. And, Phil, I couldn't help but uh, really chuckle this week when I saw I read a piece uh, that Sonny Dykes said he went to Ben Hicks after he took the job, and he said, okay, you're going to teach me this offense, Ben Hicks. Okay, so I'm going to be this, the pupil here, and you're going to teach me everything about this offense because it's all on your hands. You're not only the quarterback, but you're a coach for this ball game as well. I, I, I couldn't help but chuckle about that, Phil. I thought that was great. And Ben Hicks is a beauty, man. 32 touchdowns on the year and over uh, 3,400 uh, yards uh, throwing the football. Of, and, of course, you know, again, we, uh, we've certainly been favorites of uh, – of uh, of Sonny Dykes and Spike Dykes throughout uh, the course of their coaching careers. And, um, you know, he said also, Phil, that he used to go watch, he used to have his daddy take him to go watch the uh, Smooth Pony Express back in the early 80s with Eric Dickerson nice. and Craig James. So, yeah, he knows all about that. How do you see uh, Louisiana Tech, Skip Holtz, and Smooth, as you like to call them, with, um, with uh, Sonny Dykes and uh, the Mustangs? And I like Sonny Dykes. Been talking to him since his days at Louisiana Tech and even at Cal. And, uh, you know, my main concern when he took the job, it's like he's not really going to try to change the offensive and defensive schemes in a matter of three weeks, is he? And you just answered that question right there. He is not. That would be the dumb thing to do. Go ahead and play with the schemes you played all year. And uh, and I think he's got the talent. I mean, offensively, there is no doubt I'm going with uh, Smoo in this one. You, as you touch on Ben Hicks, you got Xavier Jones at running back over 1,000 yards, six yards per carry. Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn. What a com- receiving combo. Both guys over 1,000 yards this year. And they've got other guys there as well. James Proach uh, with uh, 816. So there's plenty of talent on offense, 494 yards per game, 40 points per game. Your concern, if you're SMU, and if you go to Phil Steele Plus, and you're looking at the defense for SMU, and you're looking at those numbers, you have nine red numbers. That means nine games where they allowed over 400 yards per game, and there's some 600s in there. They gave up 615 to UCF, 619 to TCU, 487 on the season. Concerned about them a little bit defensively. Defensively, if you look at Louisiana Tech, you only have four red numbers, and you've got a green number at the end of the year where they allowed 201. In fact, they have just 393 yards per game on the year. Much better defensively. But on offense, uh, you know, Jamar Smith only hit 55% of his passes. Uh, Boston Scott came near close to 1,000 yards. He had 937 on the year. So they've got talent offensively, but there's no doubt SMU is the offensive edge. Louisiana Tech has the defensive edge. Coach, well, Skip Holtz has been there with the team. He's actually 3-0 and in bowl games with Louisiana Tech, so you've got to give him a slight edge there. Tough for a new coach to come in, learn the players, and really come up with the format. The site, though, favors SMU. I mean, they're 24 miles away, and there's no doubt at the start of the year when the Frisco Bowl was picking its favorite team to get there, they wanted SMU, so, and they got them, and that's, that's a big plus. Schedule edge goes to SMU, 70, 72nd toughest schedule, or 67th against number 103. So this is one of those games where uh, I know Tech's going to give them a good game, but SMU is a team that can put the points up on anybody. Uh, my favorite one here in this game, Michael, is actually probably going with the over. I mean, the total is 70, which seems high, mm. 
But SMU games have gone. Uh, you, the last game was 79. The game before that was 111. The game before that was 83. Are you catching a trend here? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, over yeah. in this one. I think it'll be a, a, I think it'll be a fun game and and a shootout and and definitely a fun one. Remember those old holiday bowl games used to be always high scoring and come down oh, yeah. to a, a play at the end yeah. of the game. I, I could see this being mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that, and uh, I uh, I like that premise uh, about that uh, there might be, I don't know if there's close to 100 points go up in this one. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. It'll be one that uh, we'll all have some fun with, Louisiana Tech and Southern Methodist in the Frisco Bowl. Great to have you along on Strong as Steel, everybody, as we keep moving here for these, uh, these 13 games that begin on Saturday, December 16th, and go through Saturday, December 25th. Third, let's go to the Gasparilla Bowl, St. Petersburg, Florida, underneath the uh, the dome down in St. Pete from the American Athletic Conference. The Temple Owls started to become a bowl fixture now. How about that? Six up, six down on the year against a team we've just mentioned a few times, Florida International. From Conference USA is eight and four. Now the Owls got bowl eligible. Phil with that uh, that roasting of Tulsa in the final AAC game of the year beat them forty three twenty two. It's the third consecutive bowl trip, and that's why I said that they're the Philly school is starting to become a bowl fixture. Of course, three in a row now. Head coach Jeff Collins first season, so he gets to a bowl game, and now he wants to finish above uh, five hundred. But it's a strong year too for our man Butch Davis, right? The former Cleveland Brown. Head coach in the NFL uh, finished uh, five and three in Conference USA and uh, beating Western Kentucky and UMass in their last two regular season games to get this one. Uh, Phil, I, I know a lot of people probably say on uh, on paper Florida International a decisive favorite. I, I'll ask you, oh great analyst, is it that cut and dried against Jeff Collins and his Temple program? Well, actually, Temple's a seven-point favorite in this game because they come from the uh, the American Conference, which is great. It's the best conference out there of the uh, the group of five. And uh, FIU has sort of been doing it, uh, sort of been underrated all year. They've got a lot of wins as an underdog, and nobody's really given them a, a heck of a lot of respect all season. Now, Temple's fortunes changed in the second half of the year when they switched to Frank Newtile at the quarterback spot. Newtile all of a sudden improved him to 61%, 11-7 ratio. Temple won three of their last four games and almost beat Army in his other start. Uh, I thought the offense played better. Adonis Jennings is a wide receiver you want to watch. They've got really good good size at receiver, good speed at receiver. Remember that Notre Dame game a couple years ago? We saw them, uh, or I believe it was uh, yeah, two years ago, I believe it was. Uh, showed a lot mm-hmm. of that at wide receiver. They they still have that type of talent there. It, defensively, they've got the edge, uh, allowing just 392 yards per game. In fact, I give Temple the edge. Defensive line, linebacker, DBs across the board, but it's not an overwhelming edge. Uh, offensively, I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with Alex Magoo though. At the uh, and it it looks like Macau or something like that, but it's pronounced Magoo, and he has got a 17 to 8 ratio this year, to almost 3,000 yards. Alex Gardner at running back is solid, as well as Phillips there as well, and then the receiving core is decent. Uh, the coaching edge. I'm going to go with Butch Davis, and frankly, this year, uh, I thought Coach Davis did a better job. I mean, Florida International did not have any expectations and got there to eight wins. Temple, I thought, could have won seven or eight, ended up with six. 
so I, th- I think Temple probably has more talent, but I like what Coach Davis got out of the team this year, and he's 5-2 and two in bowl games. This is Jeff Collins' first bowl game, so it's a nice edge to have. How about the uh, distance? Uh, Florida International, 261 miles away. Temple, 1,074. I think FIU will have the crowd edge, and the uh, schedule, though, does go to FIU. Special teams, giving the edge to FIU. The Temple goes to the schedule goes to Temple, but the, the special teams goes to FIU. I actually rate this game pretty close. So, I mean, I understand Vegas has one team favored by seven. I believe it's a toss-up game. In fact, it's going to be tough for me to figure out which team I'm going with in my bowl confidence. And by the way, if you're interested in my bowl confidence plays, I'll be working on them uh, throughout the night, burning the midnight oil. I'll have them finalized tomorrow and release them to all Inside the Press Box subscribers. So if you're an Inside the Press Box subscriber, you get my bowl confidence plays on Friday morning. You will, or on Friday at 12 o'clock noon. And also, if you just want to get the first batch of bowl games from Inside the Press Box, it's just 15 bucks. Go to InsideThePressBox.com or give our offices a call direct at 866-918-7711. Get the first bowl issue which gets you about 15 bowl games uh, for $15, and you will also receive my bowl confidence contest plays, and uh, you can pair them up against what you got going on for the bowl confidence contest. So use that for the year, 866-918-7711. Absolutely. Lock that in right now. You don't want to miss that $15 for this first batch of a bowl confidence plays at um, at, uh, at Phil Steele Plus. So uh, make sure you get on board with that and inside the press box. All right, let's move on now to December the 22nd. We start in Nassau, the Bahamas, the Bahamas Bowl. And what a story, the Blazers of UAB, 8-4 and four on the year versus uh, Frank Solich, the veteran, and his Ohio Bobcats out of the MAC, 8-4. and four. Phil, Frank Solich's squad, they were on track uh, to win the MAC. East and uh, after they drilled Toledo 38 to 10 back on November the 8th, but they dropped their last two at Akron. Then the season finale that I called on ESPN at Buffalo. So they wind up eight and four and they land here. Uh, now in UAB, what Bill Clark just an incredible job. An eight win season after a two year program hiatus from even playing football at all, let alone in the FBS. Twenty eight points or better in seven of the twelve games they played. And Phil, I see this as a very very competitive matchup. Yeah, and the, you know, the thing that surprised me, Ohio's over a touchdown favorite in the game. I know Ohio has got the program, and Nathan Rourke, a, a fun quarterback to watch. I mean, he's a left-hander, Canadian, ran for 877 yards, over 2,000 yards passing, 15-7 ratio. They got A.J. Olette at the running back spot, almost 1,000 yards. He'll top 1,000 in this game. To me, the most explosive player on the field for either team, Poppy White, the receiver for Ohio. Look for them to try to get the ball in his hands any way they can. Now, UAB's got a pretty good running back in Spencer Brown. Like the way this guy runs the ball between the tackles, and he can also break them. A.J. Erdley has done a decent job at the quarterback spot this year, throwing for over 2,000 yards, 16-4 to ratio. And as you touched on, Bill Clark's got to be up for every head coach of the year honors, because I read a lot of articles, Michael, prior to UAB coming back this year, wondering where does UAB go in their first year back. And a lot of folks are opining that maybe they need to go FCS. You can't be competitive with being away from football for two years. 
Uh, eight and four is pretty competitive. <laughs> nice bowl game. So Bill Clark has done a wonderful job there. Uh, I think when you break down the teams, I like OU on the defensive line and linebacker, and especially on the offensive line as well. I'll give them the edge there. Uh, secondary, I actually go with UAB. They finished number 38 in my past defense rankings. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. OU's got the special teams edge. Uh, I would probably lean with the underdog in this one. I'd probably end up uh, picking Ohio just because great respect for Frank Solich and the guys there. Uh, he has struggled a little bit in bowl games at 4-9, and nine, but usually they, they come in a little overmatched in bowls. This time they got to feel like they're matched up pretty strong. But I think it would be a good end. Well, I tell you what, for both teams, what a reward. Playing this ball, this game in the Bahamas, wonderful place out there. I'm sure they get to stay at Atlantis, which is uh, a lot of fun for the players, and uh, and they'll be able to have a good time at this game. Sounds like Phil Steele has uh, enjoyed some of all that Atlantis has yes. to offer. I'm with <laughs> you on that. I have too, man. You're right. This is a heck of a reward for uh, the players, staff, coaches, the whole program from UAB and Ohio. All right, we move on here on uh, Strongest Steel. These are games on uh, December the 22nd. Let's go out from Nassau. Let's go out where, I don't know, there could be a little bit of white stuff on the blue turf. You never <laughs> know. In Boise, Idaho, with the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, John Badamigo and his Mid-American Conference Chippewas of Central Michigan against but one of the real strong quarterbacking names that all the NFL folks are looking at, Josh Allen and the Wyoming Cowboys. Central Michigan, Phil, they finished with a flourish, man. They won five in a row as graduate transfer quarterback Shane Morris was sharp at the throttle. He really caught fire and, you know, got over 2,900 yards passing, 26 touchdowns and 17, but he may need that and a whole lot more in this quarterback battle with, as I said, expected NFL first-rounder Josh Allen. Now, Phil, as you and I talked about all year, he didn't have what you'd call a spectacular year statistic-wise, uh, wins-wise, 7-5, and five, yet he's projected, as I said, to go in the first round, and he wants to go out with a flourish. Josh Allen and the Cowboys lost to Fresno State and San Jose State to finish the year. This going to be a shootout between Shane Morris and Josh Allen, Phil? Well, Josh Allen is questionable for the game, so hopefully he does play. Now, at the Talent Summit, got to hook up with uh, Mel Kuyper, my buddy, and uh, we're, we got to talking about court. We have, naturally, me and Mel are going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, Josh Allen did come up, asked Mel what he thought, and uh, he's very high on Josh Allen yep. for the upcoming draft. He thinks he is one of the best quarterbacks out there. Now, if you looked at Wyoming football this year, remember he lost his running backs, lost receivers, didn't get good play from the offensive line. 56%, only threw for 1,658 yards. Maybe the offense didn't quite fit, uh, you know, the Josh Allen throwing the football for a lot of yards this year. Uh, so a, a rough season there, but uh, Mel still very high on Josh Allen. So that's worth a look alone. Uh, hopefully he's able to play in this game. And Shane Morris a little underrated. I think maybe some Michigan fans would have been hoping, uh, hey, maybe we could have had Shane Morris playing for us this year because he put the numbers up for Central. 26-13 first downs. As you touched on, they got red hot down the stretch. I mean, they're not off Northern Illinois. They beat Western Michigan at Western Michigan, even beat Eastern by 12. Jonathan Ward will top 1,000 yards in this game. They got a couple of good receivers in Mark Chapman and Corey Willis. Uh, and so when I break down this game, I think offensively you clearly give the edge to Central Michigan. And I mean, they average 392 yards per game, and Wyoming 287. So you're going to give them the edge every category, including 
the offensive line, uh, where they allowed just 18 sacks. Defensively, I like the linebackers for Wyoming, but I like the secondary for Central. Here's an underrated group. They actually are finished number 14 in my past defense rankings this year, only giving up 54%, 188 yards per game. Uh, Craig Bowl has got a lot of playoff wins in the FCS. 0-1 in bowl games, though. I think the site is big for Wyoming because it's uh, they played here this year. It's in altitude. It's in uh, you know, out there, so they're more used to that environment, where Central is not. Special teams, you also have to give the edge to Wyoming. That's probably why they're here. I mean, Wyoming didn't have overwhelming stats. They were outgained by 46 yards on the season, but the special teams got them uh, to this uh, particular game. Uh, I think you got two pretty evenly matched teams, defensive edge to Wyoming, offensive edge to Central. I just like the way Central's played the ball down the stretch, and uh, I'm, I'm leaning with Central to get this one over Wyoming. How about you, mm. Michael, Mr. Mack? Yeah, well, yeah, well. See now, you gave it away. Of course, uh, you know my uh, my 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 heart, uh, Mid American Conference, calling these games as long as I have. And but, I, but more importantly than that, though, I think the way that Shane Morris, as you pointed out, Phil, accurately, the way he's played down the stretch, uh, that offense seems to have gone to a another gear. And now they've been off a month. Can they can they keep that going through their fifteen bowl practices? We'll see. But sure, I'll uh, I'll join you on that and lean a little bit toward the Chippewas of Central Michigan. All right, it's two-minute drill time in the, uh, the, the need for a little bit of brevity here as we close down the final couple minutes of uh, our first bowl edition here on Strong as Steel with uh, Phil Steele, uh, the best evaluator and analyst in the business. So, Phil, let's move on. Two-minute drill time. I'll lead you into a Birmingham Bowl, Legion Field in Alabama. I like the quarterback battle, 6-6 six and six, Texas Tech with smooth throwing Nick Shimanick against that Dual threat quarterback of South Florida, Quentin Flowers in the South Florida Bulls, nine-win team. How do you see it, Phil? Look at the game statistically, you say South Florida. But you look at the game schedule-wise. I mean, South Florida, one of the reasons in the magazine I picked them to be the group of five representative, they didn't get there. They lost to Houston and ended up losing to UCF in that crucial game. Gave UCF a great game, by the way. Outgained them 653 to 533 was the schedule. They really didn't face anybody all season. Texas Tech has played teams like Arizona State, which they beat, Houston, which they beat, South Florida lost to them, by the way, Oklahoma State at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU, Texas. They've been playing a lot of the big boys. They led West Virginia in the fourth quarter. They gave Oklahoma a great game in the first half. They led Kansas State, gave it up late. I think Texas Tech's an under-the-radar team here. They're playing much better. They've played the tougher schedule, and uh, they're actually the underdog coming in from the Big 12. Uh, as much as I like Quentin Flowers and the South Florida team, I think Texas Tech has impressed me in every almost every game this season. I think they've got a chance of pulling the upset. I like that call. I like that play. Well done, as always. Let's go to the Armed Forces Bowl, Fort Worth, Texas. How about this matchup? Jeff Monken and his Black Knights. What a tremendous year. They won their first Commander and Chiefs trophy since 1996. What a thrilling snow day win. 14-13, the second straight over Navy. No question about that. Ahmad Bradshaw, nice quarterback. But, well, Phil, since early October of 2015, you ready for this? Rocky Long. And his Aztecs of San Diego, 31 and five under Rocky Long. Uh, the only two that are, have a better record than that in that time, Phil, Alabama and Clemson. Rocky Long's a terrific head coach. How do you see the Armed Forces Bowl? 
exciting player at running back, Rashad Penny. And this guy's the guy that uh, was one of the top five for the Heisman, 1,824 yards rushing. Uh, he's had yards receiving. He's a dangerous kick returner, punt returner. Uh, it's fun to watch. He is their offense, Rashad Penny. Although they do have Juwan Washington, who averaged 5.6 yards per carry, which is pretty good. But to me, the key to this, as much as I like Army, and I mean, they they could go for a 10-win season. Ahmad Bradshaw's outstanding. They beat Navy in the big game. It's Rocky Long against the option. I've been following this since his games at New Mexico. Rocky Long knows how to shut down the option. And look at his two meetings this year. He's played two games this year that have the option, held them to 178 yards below their season average in the Air Force, and then held New Mexico to 121 yards below their season average. He's got extra time to prepare. Uh, they're facing the option, and I think San Diego State's got the superior personnel. The crowd will be pro-Army in Texas because there's a lot of Army players that are from Texas. They recruit Texas heavily. It's the Armed Forces Bowl, for crying out loud. But I do like think San Diego State's got more talent, and I love the defensive matchup of Rocky Long against the Army option offense. So uh, I think Army will give them a game, but I like San Diego State to win this one. Nice call on that, uh, Phil Steele, on top of it, as always. And finally, the Dollar General Bowl, Mobile, Alabama. Hey, this is a rematch of last year's Camellia Bowl. The Toledo Rockets, 11-2. and What a year they've had for young head coach Jason Candle. Drilled Akron in the MAC championship game against from the uh, the Sun Belt, Appalachian State at 8-4. and Appalachian State, a very hot football team as well. We know how good that they are with a lot a lot of tremendous talent, uh, Phil. Uh, weapons all over the football field for both of these offenses. This could be a big one that blows up a lot of over numbers as well, huh? Yeah, and finally, Toledo broke through, huh? I mean, every year you look yes. at Toledo's talent, you say, they're a team capable of winning the MAC, and they couldn't even get to the MAC title game since what, 2004? When's the last time they were in the MAC title game, Michael? Oh, yeah, four. So that's a long oh, four. You're time. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 13 years they finally been broke through. There's been years when I thought Toledo was the best team in the MAC, and they still didn't make it, so they finally broke through. Congratulations, Jason Candle. You did a great job on that. And they really haven't disappointed. There was two losses this year at Miami. Hey, a lot of folks are going to lose there, and they played a very competitive first half. They led 16-10 to 10 at Miami, a team that was uh, in the mix for the playoffs this year, and then at Ohio, a game where, well, let's face it, everybody's going to throw a clunker in this year, and Frank Solich will make you throw a clunker in every once in a while. Other than that, they pretty much dominated teams. Jason Candle did a great job. Logan Woodside, what a story. Remember last year, 45 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. How about 28 touchdowns, 5 interceptions this year? Terry Swanson took over at running back. 1,000 yards, as usual, and they've got some dangerous receivers, including Deontay Johnson. Now, App State was a little disappointing. They, I mean, they did lose to Georgia. They gave Wake Forest. They outgamed Wake Forest by 150 yards and lost. But the two games that were disappointing, I think App State figured they were going to win their, the Sun Belt. They ended up tying for the conference title. At UMass, they lost by three. At ULM, they lost by seven. Those were two very disappointing games. They finished off the season strong, beating Louisiana 63-14. to And uh, Taylor Lambs, it seems like he's been there about 10 years the quarterback spot, but uh, he's got a 27-6 ratio, leading the offense well. Jalen Moore, 
I thought App State maybe underperformed a little bit this year, but finished the year strong. These two met in a bowl game last year, a thrilling bowl game, 31 to 28. The final score in that one, with App State getting a field goal with 5:14 left to ice it. And I think it's going to be another thrilling bowl game again this year. I'm a little surprised. Toledo's about a seven and a half, eight point favorite in this game. I think it's going to come right down to it and be decided by a field goal. So you can tell which way I'm leaning in that one. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I, I can tell that too. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Close football game, fourth quarter. Uh, I don't think it'll be much different than last year. That was decided by a Toledo miss field goal and that Camellia Bowl when Appalachian State uh, came up with the victory. So we'll look forward to that. There it is. There's 13 football games and they kick off this bowl season here on Strong as Steel. Now these the ones we covered today go from a Saturday, December 16th through Saturday, December 23rd. Next week on our next show we'll pick up with the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, of course, uh, Fresno State against Houston on uh, that's uh, the 24th, and that's when we'll pick up again uh, as we start with Hawaii Bowl. Phil, great job. We'll be looking for the Bowl Confidence Pool, uh, also inside the press box and uh, your ESPN Insider work, and we know you're going to be busy with all of that, so Happy beginning to the bowl season, buddy. It's uh, just uh, just another day in paradise for you, right? Yeah, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year as they have in the, uh, the ESPN Bowl Week commercial. And uh, a lot of good football. I love the matchups this year. we got some really, really interesting matchups and uh, going to enjoy just sitting down. And even that, that North Carolina A&T Grambling game I think is going to be a mm-hmm. fun game to watch as well. So it should be fun. Once again, every bowl game Every NFL game is forecast on ESPN Insider. Just go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. Pick up on Insider. It's 3 bucks a month if you're not already a member. If you are a member, get on over there right now. You can pick up on uh, the first 17 bowl games are up there. And then also check out InsideThePressBox.com. 15 bucks for the first issue, including the Bowl Confidence Contest. And join that Bowl Confidence Contest. You only have till Saturday when the game kicks off at 12 to join the Bowl Confidence Contest. It's free. You get to compete against me. Michael, you're joining in as well, correct? Of course. I'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. Compete against myself, compete against Michael, compete against a lot of uh, big-time celebs in there. Join that Bowl Confidence Contest. Uh, Just go to my Twitter account right now uh, to uh, PhilSteele042 and right on the top there it says Join My Bowl Confidence Contest. Click on it. It's absolutely free. Pick your teams 41-0 to or 41-1 to and it's a fun contest. You'll be playing all the way through the championship game. So Michael, a lot of fun as always. I'll send it back to you. Uh, I had a lot of fun with today's bowl thing. I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely, Phil. Always uh, have a great beginning to the bowl season. Uh, our producer, Jim Nabosna, always a huge, huge part of what we do. Jim will be in that uh, bowl confidence pool so you can uh, see how you fare against him as well. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you join us next week. iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. You can get this edition, our first bowl edition. Our next one will come up midweek, uh, next week as we touch on games from December 24th through December 30th. Now for Phil Steele and all that he does and our hardworking producer, Jim Nabosna, the best in the business. I'm Michael Regai. Enjoy the beginning of bowl season, everybody. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Strong as Steel. So long, everyone. <laughs>